if you find yourself in a chaotic period of time in your life or your career, whether that is self-imposed or imposed upon you by external forces, it is an opportunity to redefine what you want your work life to look like. Not what you think it should look like based on historical conventions, but what you actually want it to look like for yourself. Obviously within the confines of reality. Did you know that an average person spends a jaw-dropping 90,000 hours of our waking life working? Like it or not, the reality is that work dominates our days. It can be the very thing that gets you up in the morning or the thing that keeps you awake at night. Our guest for this episode is Joseph Liu, keynote speaker and career consultant who is dedicated to helping aspiring professionals bravely relaunch their careers to do more meaningful work. Having gone through three major career changes himself, Joseph leverages 10 years of experience relaunching consumer brands combined with professional coaching to help people relaunch their personal brands during career transitions. Joseph is also the podcast host of the Career Relaunch Podcast and is a contributing writer to Forbes and Fast Company. Now, this episode has heaps of practical advice to help you with relaunching your career or at least help you rethink what a meaningful career looks like. Enjoy! Hi, this is Janice. And I'm Sarah N. And we're your hosts for Explore This, a podcast for the modern-day working professional. Each week, we explore actionable insights on how you can thrive personally and professionally. Hello, Joseph, and welcome to the Explore This podcast. I believe you're dialing in all the way from London. So thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Of course, Sarah Ann and Janice, thanks so much for having me today. So as we all know, this topic of career transitions and pivots is one that is very close to our hearts and very dear because as most of our listeners know, Janice and myself, we went through our own versions of career transitions, both from law and myself into tech and Janice later into HR consulting through the MBA. You've not gone through just once, twice, but three times of personal as well as professional transitions. So can you share with our audience about how your own career unfolded and take us through that journey. Sure. Well, first of all, thanks again for having me on the show. And this is a topic that I care a lot about both personally and also professionally. And to answer your question, when I think about my own career, I grew up thinking that I wanted to become a doctor. And for most of my life, I had planned to, and eventually did go to medical school. But upon going to medical school, I went through the first of three major transitions in my life professionally. So I actually dropped out of medical school after about two weeks. And that was mostly just because I felt very misplaced in the medical school environment. And then I eventually moved into the world of business and marketing for about the next decade. So I also did an MBA, focused on marketing and entrepreneurship, spent several years marketing things like household goods, bin liners, drain openers for the Clorox company in the Bay Area, And then I eventually went through my second transition, which was to move from the Bay Area to London in the UK, which is where I'm now based. And I continued marketing for a few years, things like luxury desserts for goo, puds, and also Haagen-Dazs ice cream for General Mills. But eventually just found that the corporate world wasn't really where I wanted to be spending my energies anymore and decided to leave the corporate world behind in 2013 and to start my own business, which is focused on helping people relaunch their careers. And so that's my personal history. And having been through three major career changes myself, I feel like I can very much empathize with 
people out there who might be thinking about making a big career change, but might be struggling with exactly how to do it, how to figure out what to do next. It's all very normal. It's, it's not easy. It's not simple. It's actually quite complicated, but it can also absolutely be done. I don't speak for only myself and Sarah Ann, but so many of our listeners, I believe, would be really excited to hear the rest of this conversation on your story, not only your story, but what are the lessons you have learned speaking to all of the clients that you have through the work that you do. And so, you know, as we talk about career pivots, we know that unexpected events or shocks can disrupt our habitual routines, jolt us out of our comfort zone, and really lead us to question about what matters and what is worth doing. So when we look back at the two years of the pandemic, many people would take the time to rethink their careers, leave their jobs, or perhaps explore another type of industry altogether. And this is something you speak about a lot. Um, you're actually also a fellow podcaster. You host your own podcast called The Career Relaunch Podcast. So we're super intrigued about this concept of relaunching your career. And we'd love to hear from you, you know, from your own words, what does it mean exactly to relaunch your career? All right. So this, this term relaunch emerged because I spent about a decade working in brand marketing. And that's a very common term that we use in the marketing industry when we are trying to reinvigorate a brand or reintroduce a brand or maybe reshape the nature of a brand as it appears to consumers. So I think that's a little bit left over from my past professional life as a marketer. I suppose when I think about the concept as a whole of relaunching your career, it's really about making the decision and also taking the actions to take your career in a new direction. So it could mean that you are moving from one city to another, or maybe shifting industries, changing the organization you work for, perhaps shifting functions within an organization, or maybe having a different role in situations where it's more drastic, it might be all of the above. And it can also include maybe going from the corporate world to launching your own business or vice versa. But in all these situations, the underlying motivation is to pursue work that you find more fulfilling and more gratifying and more meaningful. And so what that means is doing work that you feel better aligned with your values. It more closely aligns with the person you are and the person you want to be. And very importantly, it is also about doing work that energizes you and excites you rather than depletes you or bores you. So that's how I think about this idea of relaunching your career. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners can resonate with that term. And I love how you articulated that relaunching your career can come in so many different layers, whether it's just from an industry, a role, a function, geographies, or, you know, all of the above. At the same time, which to your point, it just complicates things. But of course, we have you here to break things down for us and hopefully make this process a little bit easier for our listeners. And, and I'm sure you'll get into the actionable insights that we'll dive into a little bit more as well. And so, Joseph, you had a very popular and a very highly relatable TED Talk uh, titled Reshaping the Story of Your Career. And we will be sure to share the link to this inspiring talk in our episode description as well. And in this TED Talk... I recall it was in Cardiff, if I remember correctly, which is yep, also right. where Janice yeah. and myself studied. So that was oh, uh, very lovely. That. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, cool. Okay. So you talked about the tendency to continue the logical story of our careers. You spoke about leaving medicine 
to get into branding and entrepreneurship. And so there must have been this really huge tension between maintaining status quo of your life and moving on to something new, not once or twice, but three times, in fact. So we'd love to hear yeah. a little bit more from you about what were the lessons that you took away from standing on the cusp of change and relaunching your own career? Well, first of all, it is exactly what you just mentioned, Sarah Ann, is that the natural thing to do in your career is to just maintain the status quo and to maintain the trajectory of your career, even if you're in a career that you aren't super happy with. And so one of the first things I learned was that making a career change is really hard. And because it's hard, a lot of people may choose not to do it just because of the sheer amount of effort that is required to alter the natural momentum of your career. When I think about the major lessons I learned, they were sort of surprises to me because I, I suppose I, I'd grown up with a certain set of beliefs and mentalities and, and these sort of truths, almost like rules that I had created for my life about what my career should look like. And three things that became very apparent to me were, number one, that being very goal-oriented Although in popular culture and also I think in books and movies, this idea of setting a goal and achieving it is seen as very admirable. And so on the one hand, goals do give our life intention and direction, but I feel like there's a real double-edged nature to, to goals because it can also blind you to other opportunities or options that might actually be better for you. And one of the things I learned in the context of goals is that it's okay to drift or detour or deviate from the original goal that you had set for yourself, perhaps in a very different context when you were a very different person. So that's the first thing. Second thing is what you were mentioning, Sarah Ann, is just the stubborn power of investment and the idea that moving on is much harder than holding on to what you have. Again, even if your current situation isn't ideal for you, the tendency is just human nature is to hold on to what you have instead of risk letting go of it to perhaps get something that's better. And what I've found is that you have to let go of one thing in order to make room for something else. And then the final one that was really surprising to me was just as someone who's a planner myself, and I like to have things very organized in my life and for my career, and I have this roadmap for how I think my career should look, that there's a real upside to just going with the flow a little bit and also just accepting that during those times when you might be in a career crisis, which the past three years now in the pandemic has forced people to maybe think about what they want. It has upended some people's careers, some entire industries. The upside to all this chaos and uncertainty and crisis is that you have an opportunity to think about what really matters the most to you. So yeah, that's, that's what I've taken away from this topic of changing career paths. That's very, very beautifully said, Joseph. I'm just curious to know, did you always have this sort of mindset as you were going through your multiple career changes when you were you know, in medicine school and then deciding to leave? Did you, from the get-go, already have this sort of enlightened way of thinking about it? Because I think about everything that you have said no. and I look back at the time when I was a lawyer, thinking about whether to leave or not, I was certainly gripped with fear rather than to just you know, go with the flow. So have you always yeah. been kind of thinking this way? And how no. do you achieve that? If <laughs> the short answer is no, Janice. I think that I was either consciously or even maybe subconsciously brought up to believe certain things. And 
I, I don't know if part of that is maybe being Asian. I, the, the three of us are Asian, so I, I can go ahead and talk about this, is that I think that in some cultures, there are certain professions that are seen as more successful. There's probably a handful that make the top three list, including being a lawyer or a doctor. So I think a lot of this is sort of culturally driven into our brains that this is what success should be and do whatever it takes to become a lawyer or doctor or, or fill in the blank of what other reputable, well-known job title there is out there. So no, I, I, didn't, I didn't think this way for much of my career. I felt like I've got to finish what I start. I have got to stay on a linear career path that climbing the corporate ladder equals success. And it took me a while to evolve away from that. Mm. Our audience can't see this, but myself and Sarah are just nodding, nodding very vigorously. I think <laughs> something that we definitely relate to, especially the fact that, you know, this is what you've started. You've invested so much into it. All of this sunk cost, yeah. it makes sense to just go along and to complete what you've started. So this inertia is so hard to overcome, but I think your reminder of being able to let go of something to make room for something better is certainly yeah. something that would be helpful for our listeners as well. So on, on that note, we do want to you know, dive a bit deeper in terms of the beliefs mm -hmm. that people might have that prevents them from making these career switches or to even relaunch their career. What are some ways or some advice that you can give to some of our listeners to be able to rewire these thoughts that they're having? I'm really glad you're bringing this up, Janice, because beliefs are so important to dictating what actions we will take, which in turn end up uh, and end up creating certain set of results for us, which either then reinforce or dilute those original beliefs that drove those actions, which resulted in us achieving those results. And so it's either a vicious or a virtuous cycle, and it, but it really all starts with your beliefs. And one of the things I do is I host workshops for mostly corporate audiences. And these are people who are typically mid to senior level professionals in their organizations. And there are five very common beliefs that I hear from people who are struggling with this tension between doing something I really want to do or just carrying on with what I have been doing. First one is I must finish what I started. The second is starting over actually equals failure. Third one that comes up a lot is that keeping up with my peers is important to me or matters a lot to me. Fourth one is my salary must go up with every subsequent role. And the fifth one, which I think tends to come up with more high achievers and people who are planners, which is this idea that I should only pursue something when I feel fully qualified and ready to pursue it. And what I would suggest people think about, if any one of those resonates with you, is to just consider what material impact this belief is having on your daily satisfaction. Is it leading you to be a happier person? Is it leading you to have more of what you want to have in your life? Or is it actually limiting you in some way? And the good news is that you actually get to choose. You can choose to say one day that, you know what, I don't actually have to finish what I started. That starting over actually may not equal failure. It might actually result in an opportunity or that my relative status compared to my peers doesn't actually matter that much to my daily satisfaction or that the salary increase or decrease isn't going to have a material impact on my ability to do the things I want to do in my life. So you get to choose. It is hard to unwire or rewire these things, but ultimately I think it's just sitting down and just deciding, hey, I'm going to let go of this belief because it's actually limiting me. It's not actually resulting in me 
being able to achieve the kind of ambitions that matter to me right now at this particular moment in my life. I think though, Joseph, a lot of it took time and reflection for you to get to where you are and these kind of thought processes. And we always say, right, hindsight is twenty twenty. But during that time, Janice and myself, we resonate with being gripped with fear, just thinking about, okay, I'm diving into more unknown, right? And that uncertainty yeah. is something that will always be the source of our anxiety. And it just feels like, is it worth it sometimes? But I think you spoke about a point which is also the fundamental motivation and, and the reason why you drive your podcast, which is about helping individuals like ourselves find more meaning in our work. So maybe if we want to dive a little bit deeper as to what does meaningful career even mean and how can we discover that for ourselves? And and there are so many references that you've made to values, to the principles, but yeah, just break it down a little bit for us and, and help our audience with identifying what does meaningful career even mean? Yeah, that's a really great question because meaningful, it's, it's quite a loaded term, right? Like meaningful to whom? Like meaningful to you, to society, to your parents, to your friends, your peer group. And so, so in a nutshell, when I, when I think about this term of doing meaningful work, it's about doing work that you feel makes the most of who you are and creates the impact that you feel matters. Now, just to break that down a little bit, when I think about making the most of who you are, we're talking about tapping into your natural interests, making the most of your skills, making use of the unique approach that you take to your work, maybe even tapping into your identity. So how you were brought up, or maybe you have some attachment to a particular part of the world or a cultural identity that feeds into your life and your work, but to make the most of who you are, because I think it can be very frustrating to feel like you have this underutilized potential or underutilized strength or asset. That is super frustrating to just leave that dormant. And then creating the impact that you feel matters goes two ways. It's both and probably most importantly to you, like what you feel matters the most. And that's going to be unique to every individual. But I, I do think it also needs to matter to other people. It needs to have some impact on a community or group of people who you care about. And so I would recommend that people consider what are your natural interests not necessarily passions. I try to stay away from the word passion because it's such a such a lofty, like unreachable threshold that I like I have a very hard time thinking about what I'm passionate about. I have certain things that interest me. I have certain things that energize me. So I would focus on what interests you, what energizes you, who are the types of people you like being around, who are the types of people you would like to be more similar to, and to perhaps use that as a clue into what you could potentially be doing. And I think if you use that as a guide, it'll point you toward a direction where you can be doing more meaningful work. Unless you actually sit down and take time to reflect on what that meaningful work can be for you, you know, you, because at the end of the day, we all need some sort of compass to be our guide. And given that we spend so much time at work, unless we find something that's meaningful and fulfilling, it's, it's, it's really not going to help us get so far. And I love how you say we shouldn't really follow or find our passion because even I struggle with saying that I, I'm passionate about something. On the other hand, there are a lot yeah, of yeah. things that I'm interested in and a lot of things that I'm curious about. So how I like to think yeah. about it is like follow your curiosity and like, you know, building this podcast is, is one example of like my curiosity and evidently Janice as well as yours. So that's one way yeah. I think about how I can build the, the different interests that can help me with shaping my career. Definitely. And I, I really think you can't go wrong by following your interests. 
because at, at worst, you're going to be doing something that you find interesting or that you find enjoyable. And what I struggle with sometimes is, and again, this because I've got this planner in me, is that I need to feel like this exploration is going to materialize into something concrete. And until I know that it's going to result in something concrete, I won't jump at doing it. But actually getting comfortable with the idea that, hey, I'm just going to explore this. I'm just going to test the waters. I'm going to dabble in this. I'm, I'm going to keep doing this podcast because I like doing it. I get to meet interesting people. Let's see where it goes. Maybe the skies will part and I'll have an epiphany, but maybe I won't. And more often than not, though, I do think it gives you clues into how you should be spending your time in a way that you would find more rewarding. Is there such a thing as over-dabbling and never settling? You know what I mean? Like having so sure, many interests yeah. that you don't even know where to put your sort of commitments to and not wanting to settle. How do you balance yeah. these nuances? That's really tough, Janice, because I've got a lot of interests. A lot of people have a lot of interests. These days, having a portfolio career is very popular and very common and acceptable. And so it's okay to have a lot of interests. I would encourage people to think about the practical components of it also. So here I am saying, okay, just pursue your interests, pursue your, your natural interests. But I do think it's useful to think about other criteria like, hey, is this an industry or a sector that is growing? It, are, are there people actually hiring in this sector? Could there be a job out there for me that relates to this? Is this something I enjoy doing? Could I make money doing it? So these are some additional criteria to consider, and that might help you narrow the list a little bit more. Because yeah, I think the reality lens is a useful one. Well, reality checks comes in many forms as well, Joseph. And for all of us who are impacted by the pandemic, and that is globally, of course, you know, call it what you like, the great resignation, the great reshuffle, the great reimagination. The reality of the life that we live in and the world that we live in today is that the employment landscape has drastically changed in this past two and a half years with so many young professionals like Janice and myself reassessing work-life priorities. And in this time where a lot of things seem out of control and with people losing their jobs by virtue of economic downturn, how can we think about using this moment in time to our career advantage, regardless of whatever stage of our careers we're in? Well, you're absolutely right, Sarah Ann. So we are in a situation right now where there's been quite a mass exodus voluntarily from the workplace over the past two years. So yeah, it's been generally referred to as a, the great resignation. And you can see all sorts of stats out there about uh, just last year, nine in 10 Americans, half of all Canadians, one in five Australians rethinking their careers in 2020 to 21. More US workers quitting their jobs last year in 2021 than any time since 2000. And so there is that happening voluntarily. But you're also right that recently, you've probably seen in the tech industry, there's been enormous rounds of layoffs, a lot of people losing their jobs. We're in, in potentially a recession right now. So there's a lot of uncertainty. And the way I think about these times goes back to one of those three points I made about the nature of career change, which is that if you find yourself in a chaotic period of time in your life or your career, whether that is self-imposed or imposed upon you by external forces, it is an opportunity to redefine what you want your work life to look like. Not what you think it should look like based on historical conventions, but what you actually want it to look like for yourself. Obviously within the confines of reality, 
But for example, here in the UK, I just read some news before I hopped on this podcast that there are many companies that are now adopting a four-day work week here officially. This just just happened. This is, we're recording this in early December. And I think like one of the biggest shames coming out of something as massive as the pandemic would be just to go back to the way that things were. So I would really encourage people to use this as an opportunity to think about what do I want my life to look like? How do I want to work moving forward? Am I okay going to the office five days a week? Does flexibility maybe matter to me more or not? And again, these are all very individual questions, but it is, it really, like the onus is on you and, and it really would behoove you to reconsider what's important to you, what you want your life to look like post-pandemic. And hopefully it's not exactly what it was pre-pandemic. Even if you were perfectly happy pre-pandemic, I think it's still worth just doing a quick recalibration. And, and this is your opportunity to do it. So on that note of, you know, taking action of your life and being bold to take that step, relaunch your career, think about what are the moves that you want to make. And yeah, I think just going beyond your comfort zone, we would like to pick your brains, Joseph, on some practical and actionable advice for our listeners and try to make it actionable for them. So for those who are considering a career change or mulling perhaps even a shift internally in their company, how would you advise them to go about getting started on that move? So I would think about this in two parts. There's first, very importantly, the reflection piece. And then after that, there is the action piece. And the sequence matters here. I think a lot of people maybe feel guilty taking a lot of time trying to figure out what they want or mulling over what's important to them. Or, or maybe I guess the hyperbole here is looking up into the sky and, and wondering what my dreams are. That's important to do. It, before you go off and relaunch your career, you've got to get really clear on what do I, what do I want my career to look like? And so there's two things I'd recommend you do before you spring into action. And one of the first things that you can do, which can be very helpful, is to get very clear on your values. And this term values gets thrown around a lot. So what I mean by values and what I think most people mean by values are these things that are non-negotiable in your life, the things that you feel you must have. And if you didn't have them, things would feel really off in your career. So for example, for me, one of the most important things for me is balance. And whether it's work-life balance or just having a well-balanced portfolio of work, I like to have variety. I don't like to have all my eggs in one basket. So that's really important to me. And whenever I've been in situations where that hasn't been present, I've felt really unhappy. So, so I would take stock of, first of all, how satisfied are you across the various domains of your work? You could consider things like location, industry, organization, function, role, and salary. And then if you find yourself unhappy with one of those domains, just ask yourself, like, why am I unhappy with this? And it typically is because it's in conflict with one of the values that you find most important to you. So take a moment, think about what are your top three values and just make sure that you're honoring them. And if you're not sure where to start with how to define your values, this is something you could just, you can Google, there's exercises, there are questions around the people you admire, the, the animals that you like the types of people who have characteristics that you want to emulate, those are all clues into what you value. Things that irritate you, things that frustrate you, that can also give you a clue into what your values are. So I do that first. The other thing I would do is I would try to get clear on what you want this specific chapter of your career to be about. So I like to think about 
one's career in chapters, just like a book would have different chapters. And, and these different chapters represent different things for you. You might be in a chapter in your career, maybe typically earlier on, where you're building the nuts and bolts and foundations of your skill set. Or maybe you're in a chapter in your career where you really are trying to develop your experience navigating the politics of an organization or people management, or maybe you're just CV building. Or like for me right now, it's really important for me to have a good work-life balance because I've got a young daughter at home. So you got to think about like what chapter am I in? And to realize that you can't really have it all in every chapter. And so if you've got a young child at home, for example, work may not be able to be as much of a priority as it was for you before. And that's not to say it's going to always be that way, but for this particular chapter, you may need to reprioritize. So anyway, I would think about what chapter you're in and think about how you can serve the unique interests you want to serve at this specific chapter. And then finally, once you've done that reflection is to actually put yourself out there, take action, begin to explore, whether it's a side project or an evening course, or maybe you skill up through a certification program. You, you could consider networking. I always think it's useful to connect with people who are both within your current network, but also in your maybe target industry through informational interviewing, but to put yourself out there and to take action because by taking action, that is what's going to ultimately create opportunity. So at some point, you got to get out of reflection and, and move into action. Which is also the extra scary part. Yes, it is. <laughs> right. That's when, things, into either, that's when things start to go wrong. Yeah. Or things don't go the way you want them to, or you don't get the kind of, you don't make the kind of progress that you want as quickly as, as you'd like to. So yeah, it's scary once you start moving. And Joseph, you know, you gave a lot of advice, actionable advice to our listeners who might fall into the category of people who are considering those career changes, career pivots and transitions, as well as relaunches. At the same time, there mm -hmm. are a category of people who might not necessarily be thinking of a career change, but they might be in a temporary rut and wish to feel more energized in the jobs they're in right now. What are some actionable steps for those group of people so that they can feel more energized and in flow with their jobs, especially as by the time this episode is being released, it will be the brand new year of 2023. So yeah, if you're one of those people out there who doesn't really have any interest in making a huge leap and you don't have to like the, the only solution to your career woes is definitely not only to resign or to change cities and toss everything out and start all over. So you can definitely focus on making some tweaks. And this is actually a really good place to start before you go out and make some drastic change, focus on the realistic, the realistic tweaks that you can make. And there's really only two ways that you can, that I just to, to simplify here, there's really only two ways that you can feel more energized or inflow in your job. One is to remove those tasks or projects or, or activities that are depleting you and or to do more work that actually energizes you. So you can either you can either stop the leaky bucket or you can kind of fill it with more energizing water there. And and so when you think about like what is depleting me to figure out what is missing here? What, what am I not getting? And to think about, is there something that I can do to remove that, that sort of negative depleting force in my, in my career? So for example, maybe you've got a project that you just find really draining. Well, maybe you could consider like a different type of project within the organization that you actually think really lights you up. 
and perhaps you have a conversation with your manager so that you can, it's not, nothing's guaranteed, but you could at least pose the question, hey, could I spend more time doing more of this type of work in this upcoming fiscal year? You could try to spend more time with people or spend more time on projects that actually energize you. So if you can identify realistic ways to shift little things, again, whether it's your project type or the people you're around, or, or maybe you even step outside of work and you find some ways to do some energizing work outside of work, that can be sort of a mitigating factor, but to ultimately allow your natural interest to shape your career decisions. Which is also why Janice and I always recommend for people to have side hustles. Never attach yourself and your self-worth to your role, your title, your company. Always have side hustles because those are ways that you can explore your other interests. That's a great tip. And that also can give you the confidence in knowing that not all of your eggs are in one basket. And that, that alone alleviates a lot of pressure. So that's a great tip. Yeah, for sure. Really good actionable tips for those who are, you know, feeling a bit tired post-holiday and just looking for that one thing to just give them the energy. Look for a side hustle, explore energizing projects, seek out people who energize you as well. You know, life is not just about work. It's also about our social, socialized family. And essentially, yeah, it's a very, it, it's more holistic than that. So thank you so much for that perspective, Joseph. And as we are wrapping up right now, after a very, very relatable and actionable conversation that we have, one question that we do like to ask our guests at the end of every episode is, what is the one thing that you recently explored that has surprised you? Well, one of the things that I have recently done was, was sort of something that I probably should be doing more of, but have started to really push myself to, to do, which is to actually talk with strangers. And this doesn't directly relate to work, but last week I was coming back from a work trip to Paris. And typically what I would do is I would sit down, open up my laptop, put in my noise canceling earphones and just like focus on my own little world in front of me. And this time I actually took them off and I actually had a little chat with the guy next to me. We ended up talking for an hour and it turns out that he was working in the advertising industry and he actually now lives in a city I used to live in, in the UK. So I did that last night. I think I mentioned you both before we started recording, I was at an event hosted by a law firm. Just it's actually somebody who's going to be appearing on my podcast and spoke with a bunch of strangers who I didn't know and really forced myself to go up to people. I basically, I picked somebody in the room. I thought, you know what? Maybe he would be interesting to talk to, or she would be interesting to talk to. And I just get over myself and just like go up to them and talk to them and just deal with the awkwardness of it. And I was very pleasantly surprised at how people reacted. What's going on in my head is I'm thinking, oh, this person's going to think I'm weird or they're going to think I'm creepy or it's awkward to talk to a stranger. Generally, people reacted pretty positively. Mm. And, and in the worst case scenario, it was it was maybe a, a couple minutes of awkwardness. And then you move on and talk to somebody else. So I guess what I've learned from all this is a lot of this stuff is in our heads. And I actually really believe that people do yearn for more connections with more people. And one of the things you can do is talk to people and to to not look at your phone, to look up and actually engage with the people around you. And you might be surprised. I've been very surprised. I've been very pleasantly surprised at 
first of all, how good it makes me feel, but also in some cases, these have planted the seeds to relationships that could actually continue on. So yeah, that's been something I've been really trying to do more of lately. That's so good. That's so good. And I think a really great reminder, especially in the day and age that we are in now with our phones and just a million and one distractions. Curious question. What is one conversation starter that you would say has the best success rate for you? What do you normally start a conversation with? Well, I'll, I'll tell you what I don't start it with, which I, I okay. never ask people. Yeah, I'll, and I'll also answer your question. I never ask people, what do you do? I, I don't know how common I that is. I knew that was coming. Malaysia, I knew but, it. <laughs> yeah. I never ask that question anymore. Like we might eventually get to it, but I actually really avoid the question completely. And that is because I don't think anybody wants to be initially defined by their day job necessarily. Now, some people might love their job and that's fine, but I know a lot of people who, like that's not what they would start with when they talk about themselves. Typically what I would ask people is I would just ask them, how's your day been? Mm. Or what have you been up to today? Last night when I was at the event, I would ask people, so what brought you to the event today? And that can work. If I'm on a train or a plane, I generally will ask people, hey, are you, are you heading home right now or are you, are you heading somewhere else? And they'll generally tell you, hey, you know, I'm going to a work event or no, yeah, I'm heading back home after this. And that's a, that's a pretty decent conversation starter. Hey, Joseph, but, yeah. I've got a great suggestion okay. for the next conversation. Okay, good. I, I'm always open to this. Yeah. That you can explore with other strangers. And that question to ask the strangers would be, what is the one thing you recently explored that surprised you? Oh, right. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I could try that. I could try that. Yeah, that would definitely perplexing. wake people up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, this is a question that we ask all our guests and we love the answers that we get. I mean, again, there's no right and wrong, but it's just like our opportunity to really just see what our guests are up to and kind of like, you know, on a more fun note here, how they've been keeping themselves curious. What have they been doing that has been surprising to them? And obviously, what did they learn behind of it? So your story is just a great example of how this question was answered we love it so good right. it it yeah. surprises us continuously and the final thing that we have to ask you as well joseph where can our audience find you if they want to know more about your work or see what you're up to well if they want to learn more about my work they can go to josephlu.co and if they are interested in checking out my podcast they can go to careerrelaunch.net and those are the two best places to go Awesome. Thank you so much, Joseph, for your time. We've had such an invigorating time speaking to you about career relaunches and, you know, just learning about your own personal journey and story. And obviously, through your personal experience, that has given you the tools that you need to teach the people that you speak and reach out to. And we've learned so much about how it's okay to detour and deviate from our original plans and our original goals, although by convention, being goal-oriented is, is something that is seen as admirable. And you also spoke about how sometimes we do have to let a part of our lives go to make room for the pursuit of something even greater. And I hope that that's what you're doing as well. And finally, my favorite tip from today is to think about our careers in terms of chapters. So we should always take stock as to how satisfied we are right now, where we are placed in our current roles, our current jobs, companies, and 
when we think about whatever career chapters we're in, we also think about how we can serve the uniqueness of this particular chapter and that this chapter is not forever. Things can change. We can always move on to the next chapter and other priorities might take place and that is okay. So thank you so much for these great tips. Maybe do you have any final words for our listeners? Well, my final words would probably just be of encouragement that if you are thinking about making a career change or if it's been something that's been in the back of your mind for a long time, what better time to do it than the new year? And I would get started. I would get started. There's there's a great book I'm reading right now called The Power of Regret. And one of the four core regrets that Daniel Pink identifies in the book is a boldness regret. And he talks about careers in that section about how people typically regret not going for something or at least not trying something. People don't tend to regret just staying on the beaten path. Like that, that, I mean that people don't tend to regret like going or going for something and it not working. They tend to regret staying on the, the beaten path. And so I would encourage people to go for it. So for our listeners listening and hoping for a signal sign from the universe or not the universe, it's Joseph. Here you go. This is your sign to reconsider. And I think most importantly, find what's most important to you and most meaningful. Absolutely. Yeah, thanks so much for having me on the show today. If you stuck around to the end of this episode, we want to say thank you for exploring with us. And if you don't already, please follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating and review, and most importantly, share this episode with your friends. We'd love to hear from you. So you can also connect with us on Instagram using the Instagram handle Explore This Podcast. A-C-T-S-P-L-O-R-E This Podcast. New episodes for Explore This drops every alternate Mondays at 8pm. See you then!